How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Front Office U Fridays. I'm your host, Nathan Escovedo. We're back with another segment that teaches our audience members about various careers in sport. Looking forward to interview today's superstar within the sports industry. But before we introduce uh, our special guest today, I'd like to uh, send it over to my co-host with me today, Clayton Radel. Clayton, how's it going, man? Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, it's going great. Um, happy to be here with Hannah and Nathan. We're all across the country right now, so it's uh, it's amazing that uh, we get to talk together, and I'm excited. Yeah, no, man. One of the benefits of having this new Zoom world out there, you get to talk with anybody out there that's within the country. And I feel like you and I are kind of becoming the superstar duo. I feel like we're on a roll here now with, I think, back-to-back-to-back, actually, episodes recording you and I. So excited to get into today's episode with you here, Clayton. I think without further ado, we can introduce our very special guest today. She is an account executive over at Legends, working down in Dallas at at and Stadium. Before she got into the sports industry, she dabbled in the construction business and tech sales. Without further ado, I am very happy to welcome my leader of the League of Legends team, Hannah Ridge. How are things down there for you over there in Dallas or Arlington, wherever you are right now? Yeah, I'm in Dallas right now. First off, I uh, just want to say thank you guys so much. I'm honored to be sitting here with you guys today. Uh, this is my first podcast, so this is something new for me, uh, but really excited to see what today's going to bring. So thank you for for having me on. This is awesome. And just want to say how proud I am of Nathan. Um, he's on my team, League of Legends. I was in the global sales training camp last year. And now I get to be on the other side leading a team. So to see somebody on my team doing like this, doing something like this is fantastic. Really appreciate those words from you there. And lots of things you brought up. Legends global sales training camp, which we'll go into a little bit later. You're out there in Dallas. Um, we would definitely like to get have our audience get to know you a little bit better. You know, we've only known each other for a couple of months, but I've learned so much about you and all the things that you've been doing within the sports industry these past couple of weeks. Um, why don't you tell our listeners kind of where you're from, how you got introduced to sports uh, without going too much into detail about the collegiate and what you're doing now. Just, just give our audience a little bit as to who Hannah Rich is. Yeah. Um, so my name's Hannah. Obviously, we went over that part, uh, but originally from Prosper, Texas, which is a little small town, uh, probably about an hour north of AT&T Stadium. Um, very small. Uh, graduated. Well, my high school was pretty big. I graduated uh, with about 500 kids. It was the only high school in the town, um, but absolutely love where I'm from. Uh, went from there to University of Alabama. Um, so I went pretty far from home, about an eight-hour drive out there. Um, I got a degree in marketing with a double minor in professional sales and management. Really enjoyed my time in Alabama. So much opportunity out there. And then won't go into it too much yet, uh, but kind of um, got my shoe in the door in the sports industry. And now on the group sales team as an account executive at AT&T Stadium. Been there for, I think, about a year and four months now and absolutely love it. So that's kind of the the basic rundown. When I first met you, I was very surprised. Um, I was super excited to get to know, you know, kind of like your background and how you first got into the sports industry. Growing up in Texas, you know, what did it what did you 
think that you wanted to do growing up? What was that career that you had your mindset on? Um, based on what you started in right out of college, it didn't seem like sports was the right away go-to for you. So what did Hannah Rich growing up wanted to want, want to do? Yeah. So it's kind of funny, actually, when I look back on it now, but I always told myself I would be a nurse and then took it a step further uh, towards the beginning of high school and was like, you know, I'm going to be a dermatologist. Um, I can't really tell you why. It was just something that really intrigued me. The medical field in general intrigued me. Um, and then once I kind of decided I didn't want to go the nursing route, I thought, well, maybe medical sales. I had a lot of friends, parents who were in the industry um, and they seemed to, to be doing very well and loved what they did. Uh, so started leaning towards that direction, um, figured out that it requires a lot of experience, not necessarily in the medical field, but just sales background in general. Uh, so from there, I kind of had to pivot. But to be completely honest, um, once I got into college, I didn't really have too much time to think about what I wanted to do, unfortunately, um, which kind of um, I, I would say threw that path off. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more um, here in a bit. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly where we'll transition to next. I think the University of Emma, big SEC school, can't imagine the amount of uh, programs that they have to offer relating to sports, sales, all that. I heard a lot about their sales program. And I think uh, I'd like to focus a little bit there now, moving into the University of Alabama. What was your college experience like for you, Hannah? What things did you take part in while you were in college? You had mentioned that you had majored in in business, uh, a business-related major. Uh, take us through, you know, what college was like for you and what sort of things you were involved in to get yourself ready for post-grad. Yeah, so um, was a part of the sales program out there, which is a part of the School of Commerce, which is the business school out there. Uh, fabulous business school. I learned so much, especially on the marketing side being that that was my major, um, but really started leaning into sales. Once I got deeper into the sales program, it was just something that really intrigued me. Uh, it's led by Joe Calamusa out there, who's a fabulous sales leader. Um, and so kind of just took that all the way, all four years. Um, lots of opportunity there. Gave, it kind of exposed me to sales 101 and put me in front of um, different companies like PepsiCo, um, for example, and got to do sales pitches and stuff there. But um, kind of looking back on things, I think that it's it's hard to teach sales in a class. So I got I got to learn the basics, which was awesome. Um, but I don't think I really, really learned how to sell until I got on the phone for the first time. Uh, but outside of that, to be honest with you, I, I wish I was more involved than I was. I was a part of a sorority um, at Alabama. It was a Zeta for about two years. Um, and then got out of that uh, just because very pricey. Um, I was basically paying another tuition to be a part of a sorority. Um, and I was running a business at the same time. Um, so there wasn't really much time uh, to do anything else other than that. So that was pretty much my main focus all of all of college and then getting additional internships each summer on top of that. Uh, so really work was my focus. 
Um, didn't really get to lean too much into sales until my senior year. First, I definitely want to touch on the fact how you had mentioned how expensive uh, sorority life in Alabama was. I had recently found out like the the pricing from like a friend and how that works. And like, I heard that they're even doing like a documentary on like sorority and frat life out there in Alabama. So I know that's just like a whole other ball game when it comes right. to, you know, Greek life out there in Bama, but yeah, no, focusing a little bit more on kind of your experiences within sales, lots of great things I've heard about this, the sales program out there at Alabama. I think it's one of those schools that I think you guys have the benefit of having sales programs out there. I know personally at the university of Iowa, we have no focus related to sales outside of maybe like one class. So I think it's really important to highlight that there are schools out there that have focuses within sales. I know some schools go even as far as to focus on ticket sales specifically, which we'll go into detail a little bit more later. Uh, but before I ask a bunch of more questions, I definitely want to pass it on to Clayton here to give to ask a little bit more questions about your experience at Bama and why you kind of got interested in sales in the first place. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, yeah, great transition. Um, basically, my first question for you, Hannah, is just that, like you're obviously a marketing major, um, which directly ties into sales, but uh, what got you so interested in sales at Bama? Uh, to be honest, um, and I think a lot of people would say this, but my mom was just such a badass seller. Um, and she sells, um, she's in the staffing industry, so she sells manpower, um, and just getting to kind of see her in her element, um, she's a firecracker, and I was like, you know, that's, that's who I want to be, um, and so got to be exposed to it a little um, on the more transactional side of selling with her, um, and then to be honest, when I was um, kind of running the, the business side, um, for my dad's pressure washing company, I kind of got to dabble in sales there a little bit as well, um, because we were pitching our small business to clients um, to try and build our company because it was a small business. Um, so got to kind of get a little bit of experience there, um, but really that just the sales program accelerated that. And I kind of at that point, um, I really didn't focus too much on what industry I wanted to go into until my senior year. Um, I know Nathan talked a little bit about how I got into to tech selling, um, which I'm sure we'll go into a little bit later, but I didn't really know. And I was just applying for internships all over the place, trying to get experience anywhere I could. Um, and I, I mean, I think just getting exposed to it and getting to do a little bit of it myself is really what intrigued me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't have, uh, too much of a blanket answer on that one. No, that's great. I, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, kind of this, this, like it was just a bunch of different things that all lead up and it's like, yeah, this was meant, meant for me. Um, but no, that's amazing. And then, uh, kind of basing on transitioning from that, I wanted to ask, uh, obviously, you didn't get your start in sports sales like you just mentioned tech sales and um, even running business side for your dad's power washing company. Um, across all the different industries you've worked in, is the sales process mainly the same in a lot of them or is there different tweaks you have to do for, for each one? I would say, you know, sales 101 um, 
it's kind of the same across all industries. Now, where it differentiates is what you're selling. Um, so you have to know kind of how to pitch. Um, and it's different because you're pitching to different kinds of people within different industries. So I'm not going to call and talk to someone um, about a tour of AT&T Stadium the same way that I would uh, call on a construction company and ask if I can um, have my guys come out and and pressure wash their equipment. It's just it's a it's a different vibe for sure, different personalities across different industries. Um, so I would say the basics as far as effort and time management and um, kind of the really just the base of selling, it's going to transfer across all industries. Uh, building relationships, rapport, credibility, trust, all those things, that's never going to change. Uh, but you kind of have to change your pitch and, and how you talk to people based on uh, who the buyer is. So that would be the main difference, I think. That's great advice. I'll take that into consideration myself, but, <laughs> um, but definitely great advice for everyone else out there. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of mentioned it already, like some of the transferable skills uh, within the sales process, but um, especially like in your time in construction and even tech sales, uh, other than the building relationships, time management, are there any other um, skills that transferred that you use today now that you're with AT&T Stadium and Legends? Yeah, I would say um, consistency is, it, I would say, goes the farthest, and that goes hand in hand with hard work. Selling is a numbers game. Um, so if you're not putting in the work, if you're not making as many calls as the person next to you, uh, you're not going to see as much um, production as the person next to you. Um, so just always uh, putting in the hard work every single day, being consistent in your cadence, um, always preparing, um, continuing to educate yourself um, and, and just trying to, to further your knowledge of your product and selling in general every single day. Um, I would say those are the most important things. Um, and then there's, you know, things that um, other like smaller things that go into it, just asking the right questions, making sure that when you're selling, um, you're, you're not selling to, you're not, you're not trying to sell your product necessarily, but you're trying to sell, whether it be an experience that you're selling um, or it could be a product, I suppose, but you're selling the benefits and what the buyer is going to get out of it. Um, so there's a ton of different things that I could go into there. And um, Chad Estes, who we had the opportunity to to talk with today on our call uh, with the Legends Global Sales Training Camp goes into that an immense amount. And um, basically it's the 30 steps of success and, and a lot of those things go into it. Uh, time management, um, making sure you're always asking for the sale, meeting deadlines, being a good communicator, things like that. So there's so many things, but I think that the, the main things are just trying to learn something new about your product or your buyer every single day and just continuing to, to work hard and be consistent. And I think that it's hard not to be successful when you do those things. More great advice. Uh, I know on my end as well, a lot of my mentors also say, just be a sponge and it's all about showing up every day, learning, ready to learn and 
just being consistent. So um, I think that's, those are all huge takeaways for everyone out there. Um, and then transitioning to that, uh, moving away from your kind of your sales experience outside of sports, what were kind of some big decisions or reasons that you decided tech sales was not for you and you, what made you look more into sports and things like that? Yeah. So I really don't have anything bad to say about tech sales, just that it's not for me. Um, I took an internship with a company after my junior year. Um, and I did that for the entire summer, um, got to sell, got to build presentations, get in front of C-level people, which was amazing. Um, I learned a lot in that role. That was the first role where I was really getting on the phone and making a hundred calls a day and getting told no pretty much 97 out of the 100 times that I did that. Um, but I still was seeing success, which was awesome because I, I realized that I liked that feeling. Um, I liked the challenge. I actually liked being uncomfortable. Um, so I respect tech sales and in the sense that it kind of made me know this is what I want to do, just not in this aspect. And I think the reason behind that is just passion. Um, I wasn't feeling like I wanted to pick up the phone every day and given nobody does. I mean, people will tell you they like cold calling. I personally have never heard anyone say that, but no one really likes to cold call. It's kind of just part of um, working your way up in sales. Um, but I, I just didn't feel passionate about it. I, I didn't really know the product very well. I wasn't super familiar with it. I didn't feel like it was something I genuinely wanted to get to know and learn more about. It wasn't something I would buy. And, and given I'm not, um, you know, the CEO of some company, so obviously I wouldn't buy it. Um, but it just kind of made me realize, you know, I want to sell something that I truly believe in, that I would buy, that I can actually connect with the buyer on. Um, and so that's kind of when I decided, you know, I like selling, but not necessarily in this industry. And that was hard um, because I did see success. Um, I did get offered a job at the end of that internship in the midst of COVID. And it was a great offer. And I was very worried that it might be my only offer. But I felt like I would have been selling myself short, not exploring other opportunities. Um, and I only had three days to sign the offer. So it was kind of a battle in my head. I'm like, what the heck do I do? And I reached out to my mentor who happened to be in the sports industry. His name's Jason McGinnis. Uh, he kind of, he married into the family. So haven't known him my whole life, but just an absolute great guy. He's not in the sports industry anymore. Um, he's much older than I am, but he was the VP of sweet sales for the Houston Rockets. He used to work on Doug Dawson's team at AT&T Stadium on the premium team. Um, and I just kind of started having conversations with him um, and was like, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, and this wasn't at the time me asking him anything about sports. I truly hadn't thought about it. But he was like, if you really feel this way, 
and you want to sell something that you believe in, why don't you open this door? And I know someone that you could talk to and at least explore it. Um, and I, I love sports. I love watching sports. I loved playing sports. Um, obviously went to the University of Alabama, so it made loving sports even better. Two national championships while I was there, so felt felt more in love with it. Um, and so when he kind of introduced the idea of being on the business side of that, something I truly knew nothing about, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of interested here. So he connected me with um, Sean Pinnix, who used to be my director of sales with Legends, just got promoted to senior director of collegiate partnerships, still with Legends. And it kind of all went from there. I know that was kind of a ramble, but that's uh, just kind of the, the background of how all of that kind of came together. That is an amazing story. <laughs> I, uh, being in sales myself, I first want to mention it is the grind of cold calling. Anyone who tells you they like it is they're lying to you. Yeah, they're they're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but no, it I agree. Character. Exactly, it's part of showing up every day. The consistency and the the grind of it all. To right. which, and I also liked another thing you said of like, like tech sales for you. You didn't have the passion. And honestly, for me too, it makes sales so much easier if you are passionate about what you're selling. If you genuinely would buy what you're selling, right. Um, right. makes it makes it a lot better and uh, a lot easier to go to work every day and do that grind. Um, but no, other than that, a lot of great name drops as well uh, in your in your search. We're happy you made it to the sports industry. Um, but without further ado, I'll send it back to Nathan to kind of dive more into legends and what they are as a company. Appreciate that. And that's exactly where I want to go with this conversation here, Hannah. You know, legends, worldwide global phenomenon of a company within the sports industry. You name dropped a couple people from the Dallas Cowboys, AT&T Stadium, including Sean. Uh, I want to start off with the global sales training camp. Um, I remember speaking with you. That was kind of like your intro into what the sports industry was all about and what it has to offer. So take us through what this global sales training camp was for you. When did it happen? What did you learn being a part of this camp? Give our listeners a little bit of deep dive as to what this camp has to offer. Yeah. So how I got into it first. Um, so once I connected with Sean um, through my mentor, Jason, um, started having a lot of conversations with him, um, just building that relationship, um, asking him questions about what Legends is, um, the sports industry, what it looks like from a business side. Um, and just, he, he was really just doing like a deep dive with me on, um, you know, my passion and why I wanted to be a part of it. Um, so we just built that relationship with him and my current boss, uh, Bryant, who is fabulous and built that relationship. Um, we probably had, I want to say six or seven meetings. And, um, then by that point, that was from about February to maybe January to April of my senior year. Um, and they still didn't have any openings around that time. So really, it was my job to just keep building that relationship with them and to stay in touch to show genuine interest. Because uh, at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to be interested, but not everybody is going to um, stay in touch and build that relationship. 
so it came to a point where because there was no opportunities available, he was like, hey, we have this training camp. I really think it would be a great opportunity for you to learn about the sports industry, learn about legends, get a little bit more of a background of selling, uh, working with a team, um, getting to know leaders in the industry. Uh, so that's that's pretty much the broad overview of what it what it was explained to me as. Um, and so I, I just jumped right in. I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, uh, but do not regret it at all. I met some truly amazing people and I really got to understand what Legends is all about. And their leadership is all about giving back. Their culture um, is amazing. I, I can't say enough about the culture of Legends. And I mean, I've, I've been a part of quite a few companies. Um, and so I felt like it was just a complete opposite of what I had seen. Um, people genuinely caring about you on a personal level and wanting to see you grow. Um, and that's what the camp was all about. Got to network and get in front of some of the top people in the sports industry, top trainers, um, even uh, leaders outside of Legends. So it was a great opportunity by our camp was eight weeks. The one that we're currently in is 10 weeks. And by week six, I had a job offer from Sean. And I, I won't say I don't think it's 100% because I did the training camp. I think it was because I built that relationship over time. Um, but it just was the right moment. It was the right timing. And I got I got a job offer on my birthday last year, which was awesome uh, before the camp ended. So can't say enough about it. Now I get to be on the other side, uh, being a leader for Nathan. And I knew being in that training camp at the time um, as a trainee that if I were to be a part of Legends, I would want to be a leader 100%. And I put that in Sean's head all year long. I asked him about it every day. Is this coming up? Can I be a part of it? even though I've only had a year or so of experience, I wanted to give back in the way that uh, my company has given back to me and the, and the way that my leaders and mentors have given back to me. And, and that's kind of what Legends is all about. So one thing I definitely wanted to highlight out of your answer there, Hannah, is that you have been a superstar as a leader at Legends. And I couldn't agree more with what you have said about the company. Being a part of the camp this year has definitely taught me a lot. Our camp this year was, I think, uh, about four or six weeks longer than the one that you were a part of a couple of years ago. And it, everything that you had mentioned is what I've been to be able to part of as well. And then some, I think I've been able to network with various people within legends and all of the spaces internationally on the sales side, hospitality side, um, sponsorship side, collegiate side, pro side. Um, I've met with so many amazing people within this company and literally every day from for about an hour within the week, we just hop on a Zoom call and we get educated on different career, different career paths and different opportunities that Legends has to offer. And I know speaking as somebody who's a student this year, I am gaining so much benefit, not only from learning what different careers are all about, but I think it's the networking piece and getting to know people within the industry that is the most important here. One thing that I definitely wanted to highlight, Hannah, is you were able to get secure a job with at AT&T Stadium. 
I know there are lots of members out there that were also to gain jobs either within Legends or outside of Legends. So is there anything that you can share with us about where some of the other people within your camp landed and how Legends has helped you gain a job even after the um, camp was over? Yeah, so I know there was a couple account executives hired out at SoFi Stadium. So same role I'm in. Um, at AT&T, I will say, uh, I think about 75% of students in the training camp are still in college or just graduated, but there's also a handful that are not and um, who are further along in their career and have decided that they wanted to um, kind of change their course. And I think that is fantastic. And this camp is the best way to do it because you get to learn all sides of the industry um, not just sales. It is called the Legends Global Sales Training Camp. Um, but, and I'm sure Nathan can speak on this as well. You're going to hear um, about, you know, partnerships and planning and merchandise and operations and kind of all the things that Legends does. Um, so you're able to to kind of see every every different avenue and all the opportunities that the sports industry and Legends can bring. Um, and I know that um, there were people in the camp who, because um, Legends is global and they're not everybody in the camp is from the U.S. So we had um, someone in the camp who started working for uh, Real Madrid, if I'm saying that correctly, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different um, avenues that you can go down and and even People who do the Legends Global Sales Training Camp have gotten roles in the sports industry outside of Legends. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Legends. It's more of just a learning opportunity, um, but it really has opened doors for so many people. And I mean, I can't say um, enough about the camp. It did so much for me and I see how much it does for the campers every day. And to be quite honest with you, when I get on the meetings, um, in front of these sports industry leaders, I'm paying attention just as much as the students are because it's an opportunity to, to get to hear these people speak. Not um, every day do you get to sit in front of, you know, the Lance Tyson and the Mike Andrecos of the world and, and kind of get their advice. So it's incredible. Yeah, I especially want to highlight that last piece there. I think this camp has put me in front of people that I don't think I can even imagine or knew that were pe there were people out there this credible within the space that I could even get in front of for 30 minutes to an hour. Like you mentioned, the Chad Estes, the Greg Kish, the Lance Tysons of the world. Those are, we're talking about presidents, VPs, directors of some of the biggest sports companies out there. And, and I think it's just a really cool opportunity for you as somebody who's just a senior at the University of Iowa, who would have thought that he'd be speaking to guys out there that, that have 20, 10 years of experience within this industry and just have so much knowledge and opportunities for, uh, for them to share with us. And I wanted to kind of transition a little bit um, as to what your role at Legends is now. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about the camp, but because of the camp, you landed where you are now at AT&T Stadium working for the Dallas Cowboys. So can you give us a little bit of an insight as to some of your roles and responsibilities and what being an AE for Legends is all about? Yeah, so Legends has six different divisions. I fall on the hospitality side of that, specifically tourism. Um, 
so I my job essentially is to fill AT&T Stadium on days that we do not have a game. Um, and that's about 11, 12 games a year if we're counting preseason, depending on the year. Um, so that's a lot of days to fill. I think we have, I think last year we did about 550 events throughout the year. Obviously, there's only 365 days. So we are kept busy uh, without a doubt. Um, but my main focus is to sell tours of the stadium. Um, so group tours, um, rally days, which is just like a pep rally that we have for Cowboys fans. Um, and then I sell to, you know, churches, corporations, um, hospital or travel and tourism groups, youth camps, things like that. Um, they can come out, host smaller events at the stadium, um, host uh, dinners or luncheons or meetings, whatever it may be. Um, we kind of get to get creative with our product, which is awesome because um, it's really endless opportunity there. And I'm selling uh, fun stuff. So my buyer really isn't limited. Um, I really can reach out to whoever, um, which which makes uh, the cold calling a lot easier, actually, because I don't have, although I don't have a list that I'm going on every day, I can literally Google an industry and reach out to whoever I want. Um, and then I get to sell third-party events as well. So Big 12 Championship, the Cotton Bowl, um, Monster Jam, not all of them, I will say we get to sell. It, it really depends on what event's coming in the building um, and if they want to have group sales as a part of that. Uh, but it's a really unique experience because I get to dabble a little bit in ticket selling as well. So it's it's really awesome. I, I love it. I love coming to work every single day. Um, I enjoy the people that I'm around. Everyone is relatively close to my age that's in my role. There's 11 reps in the office and uh, we have a blast. Season's about to start, so we're excited. Uh, big hopes for the Cowboys this year, as always. So we'll see what happens. As a Bears fan there, Hannah, I'm going to wish you the most, the most success and everything, but on the team side, Definitely not rooting for the Cowboys at all this season. But, yeah, no, I just think it's really interesting to hear about all the opportunities that you can be a part of when it comes to sales, especially at a world-renowned stadium like AT&T Stadium. I know me, myself, I was naive at the fact that the different opportunities that there are within this industry, I was, like, mainly focused on just only ticket sales, you know, only partnerships. But there are 365 days, and whenever those eight to nine days when you're not playing football – there's so many other days that you have to fill up to do something with an empty stadium. So I just think it's really cool that you get to be able to be a part of that in some capacity, just out of curiosity for the listeners out there. What are some of the like wildest group events that you have been able to be a part of at AT&T stadium or fun ones that you've enjoyed being a part of? Yeah. So I focus heavily on youth sports. Um, so I work with a couple different companies. I won't name drop them. Um, but what they do is they take under recruited athletes um, and bring them out for like all-star games per se. So I have a few different companies that do that and getting to see them come out to the stadium and play is amazing. Um, just um, kind of some other cool stuff that I didn't necessarily sell, but that I've seen. Um, we have a nerf battle every year at the stadium and there's like 4,000 kids that come out for that. 
we do semi-pro football, which is a ton of fun um, getting to sell that. I, I sell a lot of nonprofit. So um, American Lung came out for their walk um, and their climb at the stadium. We had the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation out for one of our rally days and they had a whole section for them. So it's really just getting creative with the buyer and kind of figuring out what they want um, and then taking it from there. So it's not it's not super limited, which is a lot of fun because it's different every day. I remember when I heard the, the story about the Nerf gun battle, I was just like, who the heck is writing out AT&T Stadium to get a bunch of kids to shoot each other with Nerf guns? But it's like, again, you never know what you're going to get into working in this business. And it's all about being on your feet and making something happen. So I think it's really appreciate you sharing the, those fun experiences that you've been able to be a part of. Um, but with that, I definitely want to transition back now to Clayton. I know he's got a couple of questions to ask you about being working in the NFL and all that. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Um... Yeah, my first question is just that. Uh, I know you said main role is to obviously um, fill the stadium when on non-game days, but um, but yeah, overall, like I'm, I know I'm very curious because football is my favorite sport as well. Uh, what is it like working in the NFL? Like I hear it's so cutthroat and stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah. So since I don't work directly for the Cowboys, I can't speak too much on it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I'll say, especially during the season, there's just so much energy and so much community, um, around sports and especially football. Um, so it's a blast. I'll say that, um, everybody is equally as passionate. Um, so during the season, it's, it's very, very high energy and, um, it's, it makes coming to work every day, even more fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't I can't speak too much on like the game day side of things because fortunately, um, I do not work on game days, at least not yet. I get to kind of enjoy that time off. Um, but as far as business goes, I mean, it picks up a lot. We have um, partners, you know, with the Cowboys who do tours and stuff like that the day before and after home games. Um, we have fan groups that come out. So our business really picks up during the season and we see um, a lot more passionate fans come out. Um, and we are one of the only numbers on the AT&T Stadium website. So some of the calls that we get are uh, pretty interesting on a daily basis. So it's fun. Um, I love it, but can't can't speak too much on um, being on the team side because not quite there yet. That's so interesting. I I can only imagine some of the some of the interesting phone calls you, <laughs> you could get. <laughs> Just don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my next question though. Uh, like obviously not too much with the Cowboys in general, but like, what's it like working for one of the most like famous uh, stadiums in America right now? Like, is your office inside the stadium itself and everything too, or? Yeah, it is. Um, and it's awesome because we get to leverage the brand. Uh, people want to come to Jerry's world. Uh, people love the Cowboys, whether we're winning or we're losing. Um, so we really get to, to leverage um, how popular the brand is. Um, we have fans in Mexico, like if they're not, 
if they're from outside of the country, they're more than likely Cowboys fans, which is what I've found out. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really awesome. Um, like I said, the energy in the stadium is, is amazing. Um, getting to, to be a part of the organization technically, um, it's a lot smaller than you think. There's only, I want to say, 40 sales reps within the Cowboys, and that includes the 11 reps in my role. So uh, premium ticketing, sponsorships, whatever it may be, there's not a lot of sales reps. Um, and from what I've heard, everybody wants to be here. Um, I don't want to speak, obviously, for everyone, um, but it's a place where where people want to work and where um, sales reps really want to go. Um, so it's, it's cool to kind of have my shoe in the door, um, but hopefully I'll get to work my way up through the ranks here and, and get to be a part of ticketing one day. So we'll see. Very, very well put. That's, uh, it's super interesting always to like get a look inside selling for a professional stadium. And, and I also can attest, I know Cowboys fans back home in Wisconsin and I know Cowboys fans out here in California, like they are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Huh. It's amazing. Um, but anyways, yeah, kind of with that, like you said, Legends and AT&T Stadium and Cowboys, it's where people want to work. Um, but with you, where do you see yourself in five years? I think for me, I want to be in a leadership role um, for sure. And if not in a leadership role by that point, um, I hope to be selling season tickets and suites for the Cowboys sometime soon um, and hopefully just be really good at it. Um, but ideally would like to be in a management role of some sort, um, whether that be with Legends or the Cowboys. Um, so dreaming big for sure. Um, but if that was going to be an accelerated path, hopefully I would be a director. Um, but I think that might take, that might be closer to a 10 year plan. So definitely want to sell, um, tickets, PSLs as my next step. Um, but hopefully at the end of, I think I'll be 29 by that point. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I'm in a management role. That's the goal. I'm right there with you. I'll be 29:30 as well. So. <laughs> Perfect. We're, I'm rooting for you as well. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, without uh, with that, I will uh, send it over to Nathan. I know he has uh, a few more questions as well for you. Appreciate that, Clayton. Before we head into our final segment here of the Flash Friday interview, I definitely wanted to highlight some of the things that will most likely help you getting into that leader position that you want. Um, Hannah, you have done, you have a lot of experience when it comes to volunteering and the organizations that you've been able to work with outside of legends. I'm going to name, um, name a few. You've worked with organizations relating to breast cancer, leukemia, and lymphoma. Just this year, you were nominated as woman of the year for LLS, and you've raised over $43,000 in blood cancer research. Take us through what some of these organizations mean to you and why you want to be a part of them. Yeah, so I'm absolutely still over the moon about that campaign, um, being a part of the mission um, of LLS. I was nominated for Women of the Year by Sean Pinnock. Actually, he's on the board here in Dallas. 
Um, and kind of why I got into that, my uncle um, has battled eight different kinds of lymphoma since 2015, I believe it is. Um, so just seeing what he's been through and how it affects him um, and how it's affected the family. I had mentioned to Sean that I was just very passionate about doing something. I felt like I wasn't able to do enough um, and I didn't really know what else I could do besides donate myself. Um, and then one day I, I got a Zoom put on my calendar with, with Sean and Stacy Russell over at the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and they let me know about the nomination. And so I got to be a part of a 10-week fundraising campaign. Um, the candidate that raised the most money was going to win, which is awesome. Um, obviously, you know, you get this title and whatever, but that's really not the reason that I did it. Um, I did it for him. He was my why. Um, and also it's leukemia is the leading cancer in children. Um, and I just think that there's still so much work to do. Um, and so I, I, I took part of the campaign, had a team of about 13 people behind me helping me raise money. Um, and they killed it. I was so proud of them. Um, I can't say enough about LLS and the leadership and just everything that they're doing and their mission. Um, I actually am still a part of it. They asked me the other day to be a leadership coordinator, which is really awesome because now I get to nominate people for uh, the upcoming campaign, which is now switched over to Visionaries of the Year. Um, but yeah, it's it was the most humbling, rewarding experience of my life. And I would do it 10 times over. So first and foremost, huge congrats to you and your team and kudos for all of the things that you've been able to be a part of with, with this organization. I remember looking uh, through LinkedIn and just talking with Sean the other day, and he had mentioned what the, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and how you were a part of it as well. And I just knew I had to bring that up at, during this show. Uh, I appreciate, you know, you know, sharing a little bit of vulnerability there, speaking on what this means to you and your family. I know I can relate as well, not, so, not with leukemia, but I've also had family members who had to battle and deal with cancer. And I just think it's amazing what you have been able to be a part of, you know, I feel like being working in sports, you always have a busy schedule and doing this and that working that event. But the fact that you're able to make the time for an organization like this, I think speaks volume to you and your character. That leads me to the final question that I have here, especially when it comes to you wanting to be a leader. I think a lot of people kind of, I wouldn't say forget about, but don't really, um, Think about the importance of donating your time and what that means to other people. So how do you think that taking part in these organizations, societies has helped you kind of progress in your career? Yeah, I just think I'm always trying to find something else that I can do to give back because I feel like that's what people have done for me. Um, but really, I, I don't feel like I'm a part of these things for any type of like my career advancement necessarily, um, but it definitely fosters employee engagement. Um, and I got my whole team, like the majority of my team was the reps in the office. Um, so got them to rally around me and something so much bigger than all of us. Um, and so I think it was an amazing experience for everyone. Um, and it got everybody involved 
which was amazing. And then it also, you know, shows support for the people around you because not everybody speaks up and says what they're going through or what their family is going through. But for all I know, you know, there was people in my office who were battling themselves or they have family members that are battling. Um, and so just, you know, showing them that uh, people are there for them, you know, even if they don't know. Um, so I think it was more just about what we could do to help others. I think it's less about um, what it does for ourselves, which is amazing and, and speaks volumes about just the people who are a part of Legends. Um, I think Legends does a really good job at finding really good people and hiring the best. Um, and I think that's really important. So couldn't agree more there. I think it's all about, you know, doing something for the greater good, bringing great people together to accomplish something to help, you know, make the impossible possible. And uh, I think that's amazing. Again, what you and your team were able to accomplish. And uh, like I had mentioned before, I didn't want to go end this episode without mentioning some of the amazing things that you have done with that organization, but uh, kind of transitioning now, I know it's been kind of a long episode here. Sorry for keeping you here so long, Hannah, but hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get the pass from you, but yeah, heading into the final segment, the flash Friday interview, Clayton and I got a couple of questions here for you. Pretty much going to be on the hot seat. So are you ready for this? I think so. Nervous. (laughs) <laughs> All right. These questions are just so that our audience members can get to know you a little bit better and have a few topics to talk about if they want to reach out to you. So the first question that I have for you here today, if you could be anybody's personal assistant, who would you choose and why? Ooh, definitely Chad Estes, um, executive vice president of the Cowboys. I know he has one, but just sitting down and having coffee with him, I was like, I could talk to this man for the end of time, just so motivational, inspirational. I feel like I could learn something from him every time he speaks a word. So definitely Chad, hundred percent. Kind of had a feeling you were going to choose somebody up there high up in legends. But uh, the next question that I have for you here is what are some of your favorite hobbies outside of sports? Ooh, this is a good one. I don't have too many hobbies. I love listening to podcasts, the skinny confidential um, John Gordon. I'm not a big reader, I'll be honest. So I'm not going to say that one. Um, but really just enjoying time with family. I feel like I don't get to see them as much as I'd like. I live a lot further from my family and my friends now. Um, they're still in Dallas. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I just don't get to see them as much as I'd like. So anytime I have the opportunity to hang out with them, that's definitely what I'm going to do. Oh, nothing like spending time with family here. I love that answer. Last question I got here before I transition over to my main man, Clayton. If your hometown was a food, what food would it be and why? It would be probably chicken fried steak because that's the most Southern food I can think of. (laughs) And my hometown is just like the South. That's all I can explain it as is just the South. So little small town out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we'll take it. I think it says a lot about you and where you're from. So uh, that, that's all I got for you here. Hand out Clayton. What do you got? I love that answer too. You came up with that one super fast. So it's almost like you've heard, heard it before. It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, my first question for you, Hannah, is if you were a professional athlete, uh, who would you choose to be and why? Ooh. I think Katie Ledecky, who is on the U.S. Olympic mm-hmm. um, swim team. 
I just think that she has set the bar so high. Um, and she's also such a good person. And you can tell that she's is, I mean, she has her gold medals at the end of the day, but she's really in it for team USA and not just herself. And I think she represents her team and her country so well. Um, so definitely Katie Ledecky, she's a beast. I love that. That's awesome. And then, uh, my second and final question that I have for you is, um, what is your dream vacation destination? Ooh, honestly, anywhere in Europe. I, I haven't had the chance to go. Um, it's pretty expensive. And I don't know if I have the time to go right now, because I feel like if you go, you have to spend like at least two weeks there because the travel is so long. Um, so definitely just anywhere in Europe. But I, I probably won't explore that until my the late part of my 20s. So right now I'll, I'll stick to, to Florida. <laughs> or Mexico. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's the whole point of it being a dream vacation destination. You always got someday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, perfect. Uh but yeah, with that, that kind of wraps up our episode. Um, Hannah, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our for our audience out there? Um, I think that just my advice would be for anyone who's trying to get into the sports industry. It's not what you know, it's who you know, but then I'll switch that up and I'll say, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Um, and I've heard this from quite a few people. Um, so I'm taking the words out of their mouth, but it really made me think, wow, that is so true. Um, so just network as much as possible, get to know as many people as you can, pick their brains if you have a genuine interest in a role um, or a career path, get in front of the right people, ask the right questions and build that relationship. Um, and then just be extremely open. Um, I think there's plenty of opportunity in this industry around the country, but not all the time is it going to be your favorite team or in your hometown. I got kind of lucky with both of those. Um, so I would say don't necessarily when you if you are going to get in the sports industry, don't necessarily um, try to go after the team that you're the biggest fan of. Just follow the opportunity wherever the best opportunity is, wherever you think you're going to grow the most, has the best culture um, and start there. And I, I think the opportunities are endless, especially with legends. The, the sports industry is so much smaller than it seems. Um, so just keep networking, keep putting yourself out there. And like I said at the beginning, hard work, consistency, that plays a role in many aspects of your life, not just selling. So keep those things in mind. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I've definitely heard the, it's not what you, what you know, it's who you know, but I love the little twist at the end. That's something I'm going to take with me from this episode as well. But without further ado, uh, that is Hannah Rich, everyone. Uh, thanks again for joining us along with my host, Nathan. Um, hope you guys all have a great night. Thank you.